Hey, this is Kerwin Santiago, pastor of Social Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today, and I pray that this message blesses you and helps you grow in your faith to become more like Jesus. Welcome, Social Church. Well, I have to say that I miss you guys immensely. I know it's been two weeks now, and definitely, you know, we are all, you know, going through this together. Uh, we continue to pray uh, that God keeps everyone safe. Uh, but today, um, at least I have the opportunity to be able to share with you guys what God has placed in my heart for this week. And as you know, last week, I did not uh, continue with our series on counterculture, but I went ahead and brought a message based mainly on what was happening in our time and in our world um, at this moment, um, just so that we could understand that above everything, and I think it's still a message that we need to continue to hear, is that we need to be wise. Um, we need to be wise in the way that we live, um, and so that's important that we remember that as we go forward. Uh, because we don't know how long this will last. So everybody, please stay safe. Uh, but today, I decided that I wanted to continue with our series that we've been doing since the beginning of this year, a series on counterculture, which is a series on the Sermon on the Mount. And we started uh, with the Beatitudes, and we're still in the Beatitudes. The way that this thing has developed, it's developed slowly, and I believe that God has been speaking to us and ministering to us uh, through these messages, um, and I believe that today, well, as we go into our fourth beatitude, that God will also speak to us where we're at. Um, one of the things that I've mentioned before when it comes to the beatitudes, especially, is that these beatitudes are really like characteristics of those that belong to the kingdom of God. Uh, just like they describe Jesus himself and who he is and his nature, um, they also describe who his followers are, who his disciples are, and what they look like. And so when we read this list of Beatitudes, we find out quickly that this list consists of the description of people that we would not consider to be blessed, like Jesus calls them blessed, um, as he describes them. Blessed, for instance, are the poor in spirit or blessed are the, those that mourn, or blessed are the meek, um, or blessed today, like we're going to see today, blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. When we read these blessings of those uh, people, uh, we say we, we, would, we would never classify those people in those conditions as being blessed. And so what I believe is that we have to redefine what blessing looks like, or who is blessed and what those people that are blessed look like. Because I think that what Jesus describes is what we should consider blessed. The reason why I say that is because in our culture, the people that we consider blessed are those that are rich. You know, those would be the people that would make our list, the rich, the famous. Um, we would consider those uh, that are um, powerful and even beautiful. Those people we consider blessed. And so we also consider the blessing to be based on the good things that we receive. So when good things are happening to us, we say we're blessed, right? 
when we avoid tragedy, suffering, and sickness, we say we're blessed. Uh, when our unacceptable conditions in life improve, then we say we're blessed. And so blessing becomes something that we pursue by trying to obtain favorable conditions in life, by being in places uh, where we can avoid these things that we don't want, specifically things that Jesus mentions. But today, in this beatitude that Jesus says, blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled, we find what it is that we should really be pursuing in life, what it is that we should be living for, that true blessing that we should be striving for in life, not so much this fame or this fortune that we think will bring this happiness and contentment to our lives, but we should seek something higher above that that gives purpose and meaning. And so Jesus says, based on that, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So to begin with, we have to talk about what does it mean? What does righteousness mean? What, what does it mean to be righteous? And so can I just simply put it this way? Righteousness is to live the way God wants us to live. Righteousness is to live the way God wants us to live. So, for example, um, there's a story of this five-year-old kid uh, who is at home and he's standing on a chair. And his mom tells him, sit down. But this kid says, no, I don't want to sit down. I want to stand up. And so his mom tells him, if you don't sit down, you're going to get in trouble, big trouble. And so the kid finally sits down, but he sits down and he's upset. And in defiance, he says to his mom, I'm sitting down on the outside, but on the inside, I'm still standing. And that's an example of what righteousness is not. Because even though righteousness is to live the way God wants us to live, righteousness is not just about actions, it's about attitude. You see, God is concerned with our heart. It's an issue. Righteousness is an issue of the heart. And that's what God wants. For us to live the way he wants us to live with everything that we have. God told Samuel, the prophet, he told him, you see, man looks at the appearance, but I look at the heart. So righteousness, in other words, it can't be hard to see. Because some people, by the way they live, they appear to be righteous, and others might appear to not be. So the Pharisees are examples of this. You see, the Pharisees, they did what was right according to God's word. Uh, they were examples to people and, they, and the people saw them and imitated them as examples of righteousness. But Jesus said, listen, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So righteousness is living the way God wants us to live, not just in actions, but in attitude. That means that it has to do with our thinking, our feeling, and our acting. We have to live the way God wants us to live, inside and out. Who can we look to as an example, then, as what it is to live this way before God? 
Who can we look to as the model to live a righteous life, the way God wants us to live? And the answer is very obvious. It's Jesus. You see, Jesus was the only man who did it the right way. He's the only one that lived the way God wanted him to live. And so we know this based on his stories throughout the Gospels, but in particular based on one story when he went to go get baptized by John the Baptist. John said, I can't baptize you. You should be baptizing me. Um, and why did John say that? John said it because uh, baptism was for people who needed to repent of not living the way God wanted them to live. But Jesus was living the way God wanted him to live, so he had no need of repenting and getting baptized. That's why John said, I shouldn't be baptizing you, you should baptize me. But Jesus responds this way. He says, I must do this to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, he said, I'm doing it because it's what God wants. See, Jesus was interested. He was concerned. His focus, his life mission was to do what God wanted him to do. And so John takes him and dunks him in the water. And when he comes out of the water, a voice from heaven says, this is my son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. This was a confirmation from God the Father that the way that Jesus was living was the way that God wanted him to live. So therefore, he becomes our example to follow. You see, he becomes the example of righteousness. Righteousness, then, if we are to sum it up, righteousness is to live like Jesus lived. It's to do what he said, and it's to do what he did. And somebody right now might say, well, you know, aren't you talking about salvation by works? And I would answer, no, I'm not, because we're not living like Jesus, or we're not seeking to live like Jesus in order to earn salvation or to earn God's favor. We are doing it because it's what those who put their trust in him as Lord and Savior do out of love for him. So righteousness is living the way God wants us to live, which is living like Jesus. You see, this living, the way that God wants us to live, this righteousness, living like Jesus, is something that Christians should pursue. Listen to me. We should pursue it in life. The problem is that we don't pursue it. And the reason why we don't pursue it is because we've been told by a lot of people, by a lot of teachers, by a lot of interpreters, that when we look at the Sermon on the Mount, when we read the Beatitudes, we, we, read, we should read them not as things that we should live out because they are impossible to live out. No man could actually live these things out or be this way. Only Jesus could do it. And that's true. That's true. But we're told that we can't do it because it's impossible. It's unrealistic. They are ideals. And so the church here on earth, the Christians here on earth, they, they're good with just believing what they've been taught, but they don't actually practice it. And so we don't even try to live like Jesus. We don't even try to live out these principles because it's hard. It's hard. And so we wait. We sit around and we wait as a church here on earth. We wait 
for that day when Jesus will come back and we'll be in heaven and then we'll begin to live like Jesus. We'll begin to live like God wants us to live. And to be honest with you, that's kind of sad because the church is impotent. The church is weak when it does that. When the church does not live the way God wants us to live here and now, we miss out on being able to bring heaven down to earth. We miss out on being able to establish God's kingdom here on earth. And that was one of uh, the things in Jesus' prayer as he taught the disciples. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The way that that can happen is when the church becomes active and begins to work towards fulfilling God's will and living the way God wants us to live. We can bring heaven to earth. We don't have to wait to get to heaven to then start experiencing God's presence and his kingdom among us here on this earth. We can start experiencing that as we begin to live like Jesus lived. And so righteousness is something that we should pursue as Christians. We should seek to live like he lived. So that's why this beatitude says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. You see, hunger and thirst are strong needs and desires for food or for water. See, when you're hungry, you have a strong need and a desire for food. When you're thirsty, you have a strong need and desire for water. And when you have this strong need or desire for food and water, what do you do? And the answer is that what you do is that you seriously seek these things out. You seek food for food. You seek for water. Why? Because finding it is essential to your survival. You see, you can't live without them. Finding food and water when you have the strong need for it becomes your purpose. It becomes your focus. It becomes your mission. Why? Because finding it makes a difference. Pursuing it makes a difference. And so Jesus is saying that those who belong to the kingdom, they seriously seek out living the way God wants them to live. They pursue living like Jesus with all their heart and their strength because they know that living that way does make a difference. You see, it might not be evident or obvious that it makes a difference, but it does. Living the way God wants us to live can make a great difference. And as an example, you know, we we can take this coronavirus uh, situation, pandemic, and whether it started as someone's poor eating choices or because of someone's intentional choice in a laboratory, it really doesn't matter. It started with someone making a choice in the way they live on a personal level that has become a public pandemic. You see, what started from one person getting sick has now spread and is spreading to the whole world. This shows us that what we do does matter. You see, our decisions, our decision, and the way we live can make a difference. The way that we live has an effect on us and on others for good or for bad. See, the way we live has a ripple effect in our world. It starts small, but it becomes big. And a lot of times we can't see this effect. 
but it's happening. You see, you can choose to live in a way that your attitude and your actions, they either spread disease or they spread blessing. You can choose to live in a way that your actions will be of blessing or of cursing. And Jesus says, those who belong to the kingdom, they pursue living the way God wants them to live because it's the way that spreads blessing in a world that's full of disease. How we live does make a difference. Living like Jesus can make a big difference. And someone out there might say right now, well, you know, I think that what I do is just my personal business. I'm not harming anyone. But I will tell you that that's not true. You see, selfish people a lot of times only think of themselves and they think that their choices are a matter of personal preference. But again, when we look at how the virus spread, you have to accept that what you do personally has an effect publicly. What you do and whatever you think is your own time and your own life does have an effect. You see, we should pursue righteousness because living the way God wants us to live, living like Jesus here on earth, actually does make a difference makes a difference in our marriages, it makes a difference in our homes, it makes a difference in our children, it makes a difference in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our places of business. It makes a difference. When we do it, we're bringing the kingdom of heaven down to earth. We are doing God's will. We are establishing his kingdom. You see, righteousness is something that we should pursue because it brings heaven to earth. And so, what happens with those that pursue righteousness? What happens when we start living the way God wants us to live? What happens when that becomes our higher purpose, our motivation in life? When we start wanting to live like Jesus here in everything that we do to glorify him? Well, Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. You see, the thing that happens is that they are satisfied. Those who live righteously, those who pursue it, those who live to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth become satisfied. Because, you see, righteousness is its own reward. You've heard the saying, hard work is its own reward. Meaning that after having given it your all uh, to complete some task or project, you find satisfaction in the result that it produced. So you're able to do it again and enjoy the work because you know the work makes a difference. So when Jesus, for example, he was tempted by the devil in the desert, the temptation came after Jesus had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and Matthew says he was hungry. He had a strong desire and need for food in the physical. And so Matthew says oh, that the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command that these stones be turned to bread. But Jesus replied, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. See, Jesus was hungry physically, but he was satisfied spiritually. Jesus had a basic human need for food, but his need was due to his being led by the Spirit into the desert 
to go through testing. So he was waiting for God to provide for him. The devil took advantage of this opportunity and this situation to try to get Jesus to fill his need and desire outside of God's provision. He was tempting him to act contrary to God's will. And Jesus replied, no, listen, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, he found satisfaction and fulfillment in living like God wanted him to live. He found satisfaction in doing God's will above his will. He found satisfaction in doing what God wanted him to do beyond his own desires. And so he had a higher purpose. He was doing God's will and living like God wanted him to live. The way God wanted him to live was not always easy, but it was satisfying. And so that's why Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. In other words, righteousness is its own reward. Those who choose to live like God wants may experience poverty. They may experience shame. They may experience suffering, even persecution because of it, because of the work, because they're following Jesus, because they're living like him but they will find satisfaction beyond their natural needs because righteousness is its own reward. You see, we have basic needs as humans that must be met. And for our survival, we have to meet these needs. But God promises that if we trust him, and we seek his kingdom and righteousness above all things and first beyond all things, all the other things that we have a need of on earth will be added unto us. When we find our purpose in living like Jesus, when we behave like him in our marriage as parents, as sons and daughters, as brothers and sisters in Christ, as employees and bosses, as citizens and neighbors, we bring heaven to earth and people are set free. You see, we find that righteousness is its own reward. It becomes our higher calling. It becomes our purpose to live like Jesus. And we are satisfied no matter what need we may have here on earth because when we see how the kingdom of God comes to earth and his will is done, we are filled. We are satisfied. So as in closing, um, I want you to know that we should pursue living like God wants us to live, which means living like Jesus. Because when we do so, we bring the kingdom of heaven where we're at. And it doesn't mean everything will be perfect. And it doesn't mean that we'll experience abundance and riches and all the great things that we expect that could come from the kingdom of heaven being established now but it means that we do make a difference, even if it's small, even if it's little, in some way, in somebody's life, as we reach out to those in need, as we reach out to those that are in the margins, I believe that we make a difference, that we bring the kingdom of heaven 
to earth. And so we need to pray and ask God, as Christians, God help us to pursue this. Remove all distractions. Remove, Lord, anything else that might be standing in that place of a higher purpose in our life. Anything else that we might be pursuing above and beyond pursuing you. God, move it right now. God, let us go back to putting you in the first place. Putting you above all things in our life. That living like you as a church here on earth will become our number one goal. Let me pray um, and we'll conclude. Father, I thank you for this moment, this opportunity that I have uh, to be able to speak into the lives of those that are hearing me and to pray for those uh, that are in their homes, wherever they might find themselves. Lord, I ask you that as we hear this message of uh, blessed are those that, are, uh, hun that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled, that we may be of those, Lord, that are part of your kingdom, that are called blessed, because we have made living the way God wants us to live, living like Jesus, our number one priority. God, I know that there are many distractions in life. There are many things that occupy the, the seat and the place in our heart that only you should have. But I ask you, Lord, that as we seek you, Lord, as we fellowship with you, as we get to know you more, that you may lead us and guide us, Lord, to walk and live the way you want us to live in every single area, that we may be ever more conscious of the fact that we need to live like you, that we need to do what you would do in any circumstance, in any situation, so that we may make a difference in our lives, so that a difference and change and transformation can come to our homes, to our families, to our marriages, to our workplace, to our neighborhoods, to our city, to our state and our government and every area of our lives so that we can make a difference, so that we can establish your kingdom. I ask you this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those who give. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you did, please subscribe, share, take a screenshot, tag us, and I'll see you next time.